Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Hello, this is Keith Chanty coming at you live from the Canicuck Institute podcast room. We are so excited today to just to bring you more truths from God's Word from the book of James. I am so excited about this series. And what I have found out already is that how that God has just worked so much in my life in this area. Because when you think about the book of James, you know, the half-brother of Jesus, and you think how he had so many doubts about who Jesus really was. And as he overcame that through the resurrection, and he began to go, whoa, this is awesome. And as James now starts out, he says, hey, consider it joy when you're going to go through trials. Guys, I just want you to know we are going to go through trials. And that word joy, as I talked about in the first lesson, is so important and so valuable to us to see beyond the circumstances, but to see that God is in it. And so as we look at that, we go, man, we understand the test of trials. And that test, what they do is they produce endurance in us. They produce in us a perfection that uh, the word tell us would mean, but it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. We'll never be perfect until we're glorified in heaven one day with Jesus there. But until we get there, we're in the process of learning how to go through the storms. Are we ready for the storms? You know what? All we can be is as ready as we can. But the way that we get there is through our faith, just that total belief. And you know what I know? I do know this, that God loves us, but there are going to be trials. There's going to be tests. And today we're going to learn about the temptations. And so as we look at this 12 through verse 18, we're going to talk about the test of temptations. And so let me open up today with this, just this opening words. You know, I want to ask you a question and think about this for a second. How much pain will you endure to accomplish and to fulfill your temptation. Think about that. How much pain will you endure to accomplish and to fulfill your temptation? You know what's amazing is we will literally do anything sometimes to get what we want when we want it because we want it. We have gone beyond the the trial. The trial has broken the peace. Now we've entered in the test and we've failed the test of endurance, and now we've entered into our temptation. And so if you look at the progression there, you just see, wow, the peace is broken. I'm now going, you know, I don't really care. And now I'm into that temptation stage. Let me give you a picture. You know, um, I had a dog and his name was Shadow. And, And this is such a great picture because Shadow kept running off. And when he kept running off from my yard, What I did is I went and I put an electric fence in there, an underground electric fence. You guys have seen those things. You put the little flags up, you train your dog that they can go so close to the the fence line. As they get 10 feet there, it begins to beep a little bit more, a little bit more. As they get closer, it's beeping so fast. But when they get to it, it will shock them. Well, my dog, as I had this electric fence up and he went through all the training and I had put him through the trials and the tests. I thought he had arrived, but one day he just runs right through it. And so I go, well, he wants what he wants. He keeps running off. So what I'll do is I'll raise up the voltage. Okay. Now I don't want to sound cruel because I'm a dog lover, but I raise it because I'm trying to protect him. I'm trying to love him, but he doesn't get it. So I raise it up 
on a scale of one to 10, I've gone from a six now to an eight. And, and what I find out is that I watch him. He calculates, he ponders, he thinks about it, and then he just takes off running and runs through it. And I go, wow, he really, in his temptation, he's, to, he's willing to accomplish and to fulfill that temptation by no matter what the pain is, he's going to endure it to get what he wants. Now, I don't know what he wants. I'm clueless of what my dog wants. I don't know what's on the other side that he wants so badly to get to to fulfill him. So I can't give him those things at home. He's got to learn this himself. Well, finally, I turn up the voltage all the way. On a 10 on a 10 scale, it is full volume voltage. And what he does is I watch him and he calculates and he starts the run. But as he starts to run, he realizes, man, it started to shock him early. It flips him on his back. He starts yelping. He's flopping up and down. I'm going, there's no way. And he ooches across the line and takes off running. He endured the pain and off he goes to wherever he's going to fulfill whatever it was that that temptation had risen up so much as life that he bore that pain to go fulfill whatever it was that he wanted to do. Well, three days later, I've gone to try to find him. I can't find him. Three days later, I wake up in the morning and I look outside and lo and behold, what do I see? I do not see a dog in my yard. I see a dog on the other side of the underground fence looking into the yard. It was interesting there. Because he was willing to pay an awful price to get out and do what he wanted. But he wouldn't pay the same price to get in to where he knew was comfort and peace. You know, guys, I think about that illustration a lot because I go, that's like me. I'm willing to pay a big price to go do what I want. But oftentimes I don't want to repent. I don't want to pay the price to come back in and humble myself and do what is right. Because when you begin to give in to the temptation, what you begin to do is do what you want. And so in verse 12, it says, blessed is the man. I love that. And he taught who perseveres. Because once this man is approved, he will receive the crown of life. And so when you once again hear James talk like this, James is, once again, he's been so mentored by his half-brother Jesus. When Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, He's giving the exact words that Jesus gave. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. And so when we see this, this blessedness, once again, is a happy, it's not a ha-ha, but it's an inner peace, it's that joy, once again, is the man who, this joy is that he has successfully gone through the trial and he's accomplished and fulfilled that he didn't give in to that trial and there's such a joy when you don't give in to a temptation that here, that this man's blesses as he perseveres under trial. He has had a victorious outcome. He has understood saving faith. Matthew 24, 13 in the Olivet Discourse, this one who endures to the end will be saved. Wow. This man who endures to the end will be saved. What we want is not just to endure today, but we want to gain a convictional belief system that we quit failing, that we start succeeding, 
that we start living in a victory where we quit giving in. But we can't do that when we allow the temptations to overcome us and then we're willing to pay any price that it takes to accomplish and to fulfill getting out of wherever it was that we were to do whatever we think that would fulfill that temptation's pleasure. We don't know. And so what James does, he says in verse 12, part B, he says that this man, once he is approved, once he's passed the test, once he's gained that all access pass of eternal security, that he believes 100% he's saved. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, so the love for Christ, understanding the inseparable uh, relationship that we have with obedience, that we have with God, that we go, you know what? I'm not going to continue doing what I do because I understand how great my God is and I love him. And it's a grace relationship. At that moment, I go, you know what? I will do whatever it takes to obey the master. Okay. And so I have one more dog illustration and it was, I had another dog. Actually, I've had several dogs. I had Josh, Tex, Hunter, Nugget, and the one that kept running off was not a golden retriever. He was a black lab, and his name was Shadow. But these four golden retrievers I had, they, and I just had lost one the other day. I Tex just died, and it broke my heart. Because what Tex did is he persevered. He was approved. He loved me. And he would do whatever I asked. I asked him to kindle into the car. He was in. I asked him to stay. He stayed. If I asked him to sit, he'd sit. He, would, he wouldn't eat until I told him to eat. He was so robotic. But his roboticness was not because he just wanted to please me. But there was something in him that he trusted me. The time I had invested into him made him want to do whatever I asked him to do. And so I look at that like my relationship with God. I cannot enter into this approved understanding of being approved. I can't persevere. I can't have this joy unless I have this relationship where I want to obey God. I desire it more than anything else in the world because I know God spent time with me. He created me. But I've got to realize that not just did He create me, but because He created me, I want to give Him my time, my energy, my effort. I want to spend time in prayer, I want to spend time in memorization. I want to spend time becoming more obedient to him, not because I have to, but because I want to because of the relationship that I have with him. And that was my dog. He did it and he was approved. He passed the test. And so when you pass the test, the scripture tells us in the last part of verse 12 says, you will receive something. And it says, you will receive the crown of life. The ultimate reward is that we're going to have eternal life and we're going to receive rewards in heaven. And these rewards will be rewarded to us. And sometimes there'll be rewards that will be taken away because we weren't as obedient, but we will not lose salvation. The ones that don't have salvation, they will enter into Sheol, hell, and it will be a real place that Jesus talked about. But to the believer, they will receive rewards. I'm so thankful. We won't know what we didn't do right. We'll be full of the joy of Christ. We'll enter into his presence and it will be unbelievable. But we may may not get as many rewards because some of those may be taken away because of us failing in the temptations of life. When I understand that my 
salvific experience is that I received Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross and I believe that he died for me and he resurrected and I understand his virgin birth. I understand why he went to the cross and he offered to me salvation. And when I received that, the crown of life is mine and there's a calmness. Now, I want you to talk, think about that word for a moment. There is a calmness in Christ. But my sin, when I give in to my temptation, that takes away that calmness. So verse 13 says that no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. It's very important that we understand that. Man has responsibility. Sin is real. There's consequences to sin. Romans 6.23 says, for the wage of sin is death. 10.13 says, no temptation has overtaken you. But such is common to man as God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to endure. So no temptation will overcome you. God will not allow you to be tempted in a way that it will overcome you in a way that you can't endure that. So when we look at this, God cannot be tempted by evil and he himself does not tempt anyone. Now, he does put us through trials He does put us through tests, but the devil tempts us, not God. And so it's important for us to understand God is too holy. And in his holiness, he desires for us to live a holy life. Be holy as I am holy, 1 Peter 1.16 says. And so God does not tempt man, but he allows man to be tempted. This is man's free will. When we talk about free will, that's the free will we're talking about. Man does have a free will to sin. And so it's important for us to know. So then in verse 14 says, each one is tempted. The word tempted means the pattern of peace is broken. We bring this upon ourselves. We look at something. And then he says, and each one is tempted and then he's carried away. So he's convinced. The man or the woman that begins to break the pattern of peace He now becomes carried away. The trap is set. And when the trap is set, this is when you begin to like something. And then you're enticed. This is when the bait has been set up for you. And Satan knows your bait. He knows exactly what it would take to lure you in. And he knows if if he waits long enough, eventually you might take the bait. And when lust is conceived, keyword, we're enticed. Now, lust is conceived. We've lost control. Bam! There's a snap. I don't know if you've ever caught a mouse in your house, but the thing is, when I look at that little mouse that's been trapped in that that little mouse trap, I don't go, oh, he's so cute. I go, he is a dead mouse. Little eyes are bulging out. I don't want to sound too morbid there but that's us because you know when we look at Luke chapter 15 and we see the prodigal son the prodigal son does not care what the father thinks the prodigal son wants what he wants when he wants it and he's willing to say I wish my father dead and he leaves and he fulfills his temptations but after he's fulfilled himself in all his temptations he comes walking back but he's like my dog. He does. He paid a significant price getting out. He ran through. He says, give me my inheritance. I want to go do what I want to do. And he did all those things. But when he comes to the point of eating pig slop and says, my father's help had more things than I have, 
I want to go back home. He came to his senses. The mousetrap, the trap that the Satan does, when you get caught, you can't just continue in sin that grace may abound, but you say, no, I know that temptation was wrong. I confess my sin to God and I have been tempted. I've been carried away. I've been enticed and my lust, my desires have caused an awful thing for me to to have happen. So here's the thing. We don't need to be surprised of what happens to us. We are getting what we deserve and that we're getting exactly what the prodigal son got, a empty life with empty sensations, with a, a total, I am out here all by myself and I'm lonely and it's horrible. In verse 50, it says, when lust has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth something that we do not want. It brings forth death. Wow. Proverbs 7, 23. It says that this man that begins to look at the prostitute and he begins to look at how she looks, she begins to listen to his callings. At first, he doesn't really want to hear it, but the more she calls out, the more he begins to entertain the thought. And the next thing he does, he begins to follow her. And in Proverbs 7, 23, it says, it will cost him his life. The man never knew that that temptation that he began to follow, he looks into the mousetrap, the snap comes down, and boom, he loses his life that he knew. In verses 16 and 17, here's the conclusion of this text. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved children. Every good thing given Christ and every perfect gift, grace, is from above heaven. Coming down to the Father of lights. Wow. God wants to give to us and with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. His message, he does not change. Salvation is there for us. If we've made mistakes, God wants to redeem the mistakes. In the exercise of his will, he will bring forth the word of truth that we would be in him. Guys, I want you to know something today. If you've made some horrible decisions, you've, you have failed tests, you've entered into trials and you haven't done very well and the temptation has gotten you. Guys, it has gotten a lot of people before you. But there is redemption in a man named Jesus that awaits you. And all we've got to do is be willing to break back through what we were willing to break through to go do and fulfill our temptation. We've got to break back through the thing called repentance. I've got to come back to God and say, God, I am sorry. Will you forgive me? I have sinned. Acknowledge your sin. Expose your sin. Tell God about your sin. Don't candy coat it. He knows what you've done. Ask him to forgive you. And if there's anybody else you after you ask God that you need to go ask forgiveness of, go do that. Don't be afraid to do what God gave his life for. He wants you to have salvation. He wants you to walk in freedom. And so today, guys, I know this. I want you to be blessed. I want you to find this happiness. But it's the one who perseveres, that's been approved, who has received the crown of life. I don't want, I, I want you to have this calmness. But I do know this. In order to get the calmness, you've got to have the courage to fall in love with Jesus and to tell him what you've gone through.
and to say, I don't want to do that anymore. And to understand there's a good thing that's out there, but I have been bad. And the ugliness of my badness is that I want to make it right with the Almighty God. And so guys, today, if any of you out there are struggling, I want you to come before God and I want you to receive the gift of salvation. Or if you're already saved, I want you to receive the gift of forgiveness through what Christ could do through his gift of grace. Guys, we have an awesome God that doesn't want you to sit in your sin, but he wants you to walk in freedom. And that's what salvation is. And that's what the gift of God is. And it's the grace of God that says, I don't care what you've done. I love you. Guys, thank y'all for listening today. I hope that this message is encouraging to you as it was for me. God bless and have the best day ever.